Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Broadcasting from a dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound, surrounded by razor wire, chain link fence, and dogs with bees in their mouths. So when they bark, the bees come out. Um, and today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Four young men who want only two things, Jack. Number one, to rock and roll all night. Number two, to party every day. Kiss, our general managers, what? retiring after 50 years on the road. What? It's the holiday season. I thought we'd go with something light. War and death. Famine. Disease. <laughs> I was going to go with pestilence, but a 50-year-ago, <laughs> 50 not important then, rock band is our general manager? Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. Kiss has made more money than General Motors in the last 50 years. Zip zoo! All right. I assume we have more on that later. Yeah. Uh, Got to get to the pestilence. You know, musically speaking, I could not give a tinker's damn about uh, Kiss. But in terms of uh, mind share, 
Find me an American who who can't identify that band in a photograph. Mm. My friends were really into Kiss when I was in grade school. I never had a Kiss album, but they all did, and stickers and whatnot. I have uh, vehement disagreements about Kiss with a couple of my musical buddies. <laughs> They're big fans. I'm like, that's stupid. My not but to each their own. <laughs> stupid. <laughs> my not important rant later will be against Christmas trees, and, and this might be my last year of a real tree. I tweeted out the mess I already had just getting the tree into the house. I probably spent. I don't know, 45 minutes cleaning up, just getting the tree in, let alone the disaster that is obviously getting the real tree out of your house after Christmas. But anyway. When it's lost its freshness. Yeah. Uh, when it has that not-so-fresh feeling. I got grim on my mind. as I Just the news I was taking in before I walked in this room. Just, I don't, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I feel like... The tide has turned enough. I think that there is enough, for whatever reason, uh, people and media on the side of you got to quit killing so many Palestinians that uh, things are going the wrong way. Yeah, that's a particular example of the greater problem, which to me is that we have generations of younger people who have decided Western civilization is their enemy. So, I only watched half of last night's big story on 60 Minutes. Maybe it gets better, <laughs> but the half I saw was, uh, they just kept talking about, you know, how colleges haven't been this, uh, you know, protesting hasn't been this hot in many, many decades, you know. And then, and then the tease, they said, uh, protesters both pro-Palestinian and anti-Semitism, and I thought, well, okay, that's true, but... One is like the biggest thing that's ever happened in my lifetime, and the other one is minor and not worrying anybody. Uh, weird that right. you'd throw them together like it's just protests in general, both for the Jews and against. Um, that's not the problem we're facing. Yeah, I watched the whole featurette, and I'd say that's that was overall the tone. It um, was the whole time? Yeah, and, and my newest annoyance, it's funny, for years I was not aware of this, and now that I am aware of it, I can't believe it took me as long as it did to become aware of it, and that is the use of the term Islamophobia. You have anti-Semitism, which again sounds like a political stance right, or right, right. Uh, a reasonable attitude. And then you have Islamophobia, an irrational fear of Muslim people by terrible bigots, as opposed to... Anti-Islamism. If we can have anti-Semitism, I want to have anti-Islamism, which is uh, being critical of and or uh, uh, pointing out the dangers of certain uh, forms of Islamism. I don't it's think not an irrational fear at all. I'm. Uh, you're the only person that's ever pointed that, uh, that out. It is completely true. And uh, a win by the other side for twisting the language around. Because anti-Semitism sounds like, well, you're anti-Semitism or pro-choice. These are just decisions one makes. Islamophobia, though, you've got something wrong with you. Like, you need therapy to yeah, deal with... it's a diagnosis. With, ...to deal with something you've got wrong with you. Yeah, one's a, an attitude, the other's a diagnosis. Don't fall for it, folks. 
Don't use the language of the left if you if you could avoid it. But the talk shows yesterday, the Sunday talk shows. Now I know people don't get their news from those. Uh, never really did, but certainly young people don't get their news from the New York Times and the Sunday talk shows and all that sort of stuff. But it matters to the policymakers. It matters to the people that actually do things that 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 you know vote for policies and whatnot, all that stuff. Uh, that I just mentioned. And it, the Sunday talk shows were overwhelmingly, it was just nonstop, what are you going to do to stop the killing? And they mean Israelis killing Palestinians. They don't mean Hamas killing Israelis. What are you going to do to stop the killing? What are you going to do to stop killing? Nonstop, every show, the whole time. Right, right. It, what's annoying to me is that it's so clearly people just parroting the attitudes and the and the quotes that they know they're supposed to, and what nobody's satisfactorily done for me is 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 do this math problem. Okay, so it's almost like one of those decision. What do you call them? A flowchart, a decision matrix where you ask a question in the box, and then one arrow goes one way if you say yes, and then the other arrow goes the other way if you say no. What do you call those things? I don't know. It sounds like a choose your own adventure book. Well, okay, fair enough. So, um, what nobody's done to my satisfaction is is this mathematical problem. If Israel can, does have the right to defend itself. Fairly simple question, unless you're a hardcore anti-Zionist, anti-Semite lunatic, you'd realize they'd get the right to defend themselves. Um, and they have decided they cannot live side by side with Hamas. And Hamas is in Gaza. And Hamas uses civilian shields as undeniably horrifying on a humanitarian level as it is. Does Israel have another option than what they're doing. Well, it's And if so, I would love to hear it. Well, well, they've got to negotiate and blah blah blah. It's tough because you just stated something that not everybody's in agree with, agreement with. As I mentioned, I listen I heard it on NPR and I actually gasped out loud in my car on Thursday when I was listening to NPR when they had a guest on, they brought up the idea of Hamas using human shields and the guest said um, well, that has been debunked. That has been proven to be false. There's no evidence that Hamas uses human shields. And they just went on with the conversation. So, um, you know, it's a big chunk of the country or the world. You'd have to convince that that actually is happening. Uh, Israel is in southern Gaza now on the ground and bombing the bejesus out of it. Probably an odd expression, um, given the place. But uh, uh, they they... Israel is showing videos and pictures of a giant tunnel network underneath a school in which they were firing rockets up until 48 hours ago at Israel from a school. Right. What are you supposed to do with that if you're Israel? What are you supposed to do? Rockets are coming at us from a school. People that were involved in beheading babies. And, oh, my God, the latest on the rapes. Have you been following that over the weekend, the testimony? Oh, my God. But anyway, those people are under the schools. What are you supposed to do? Well, putting aside briefly the utter unforgivability of NPR not even pushing back on that statement that you just mentioned, uh, we're into full-on Nazi-slash-Stalinist uh, uh, disinformation. I'll tell you, one bulwark against it on the left is uh, Joe Scarborough on MSNBC, and I wonder if he... Uh, I, I think he's the most powerful thing on that network. But, man, he is. there's got to be a lot of bosses there, a lot of people who work there are really unhappy with him. Cause he, I wonder. He went so far as to say the other day, he said, I used to say that um, this is on MSNBC, and if you've watched the rest of their programming, it isn't like that. But he said, I used to say that Hamas 
enjoys a Palestinian dying just as much as a Jew dying because it helps their causes. He said, I was wrong about that. It's 10 to 1. They feel there's a tenfold advantage to a Palestinian dying to a Jew dying to their cause. That's mm-hmm. how much they enjoy Palestinians dying. I can't believe there are many people that work at that network that like that point of view based on all the other news coverage I'm taking in. Well, getting back to anti-Islamism versus uh, Islamophobia, they also, some of them have a sincerely held religious belief, as uh, crazy as I find it, that those people are martyrs and sitting at the hand of uh, Allah and enjoying their virgins, etc. So, yeah, I think Scarborough is probably close to right, at least. I just think, and, and I've said a couple of times, this is a grim and horrible, horrible but useful moment in our history where the progressive young lunatics have shown their true colors to the quote-unquote liberals. And I think a lot of the liberals have decided, wow, these people are as nuts as those nutty conservatives have been claiming they are. And I'm not sure I can go with them anymore. I'm not sure we're friends. And, well, Jewish liberals already know whether they're friends or not. They ain't. Well, the whole program will not be this uh, serious. We'd go Let crazy. The records show that I tried. I tried to set a light tone. We'll go crazy if we did. But uh, there are some serious things going on in the world, no doubt about it. And you're going to get pulled into it with uh, your college kid, your tax money, or something, whether you like it or not. Uh, but there are a lot of other things we need to talk about. Um, the presidential race, uh, Trump with a big speech in Iowa over the weekend. That had a lot of jazzy things in it, as, all, <laughs> as always happens. He's Mr. Jazzy. <laughs> Some good jokes on Saturday Night Live. The college football world is roiled by their choice of four teams to play for the national championship. It's an outrage, an insult. It's a horror, a scandal. Leaving out an undefeated team? Okay. Travesty, sham, and a mockery. Um, uh, yeah, all that stuff. Anyway, we got to start the uh, show officially. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is... Monday, December the 4th, the year 2023, we are taking up arms against a sea of troubles. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Okay, let's leap into action then. According to FCC rules regs, the show starts at Mark. Notes. Is that the very last kiss singing rock and roll all night and party every day? Yep. That is correct. Can, you, can I count on it? <laughs> after 50, and <laughs> you promise, after 50 years of touring, Gene Simmons threw up his last blood on stage, turned out to be ulcers at his age. <laughs> oh my God. How old are those guys? They got to be 75. As hell. <laughs> Is how old? If now, like, when they stick out their tongues, it's just because they're old and they just, yeah, just tongues, tongues hanging out. They're, ah. they're panting. Yeah, <laughs> they're panting. Yeah. Uh, how does male bag look? Oh, it's a disaster, an <laughs> embarrassment. Uh, do they have like? Do they? They still wear the big platform shoes, but they kind of just got Velcro over the top, like mall walking platform boots. <laughs> That's right, kind um, of cream colored. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our text line is four one five two nine five KFTC. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So we shot some more missiles at Iranian proxies. Looks like we killed some Iranian proxies this time. After Leon Panetta, uh, Obama's sec def over the weekend said, we got to be a lot tougher on this. We got to we got to hit harder from Obama's sec def. Biden is the oh, I almost dropped a P-bomb. Oh, well, what? <laughs> oh, meow. He's the most that of any president we've ever had when it comes to uh, fighting back. Well, they're hurling ordinance at every ship with a U.S. flag they can find. Right now, both the military and commercial. Check their faces, what, 50, 60 times? Ball up your fists, old man, and throw a couple of haymakers, huh? Don't be a meow. I'm with that guy, Leon Panetta. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day. Nice job, Becky, sending it along. She points out, yep, now we have the homeless industrial complex. The more we spend, the worse problem it seems to get. And she throws us a quote from Dr. Amos N. Wilson, who is an educator, an activist, and uh, a black man. Uh, for what it's worth, uh, he said, if you, because uh, he was talking about uh, various 
you know, civil rights-y stuff and education and all sorts of stuff. Interesting guy. Anyway, quote, if you want to understand any problem in America, you need to focus on who profits from that problem, not who suffers from that problem. I thought that was a really interesting perspective. I think about that more than most people, and I still probably don't think about it enough. Yeah. Yeah. Let's all take a moment and meditate on that thought. That's long enough. Mailbag. That's long enough. (laughs) If money is being spent, money is being received. By whom? Should always be the question. And what are they doing with it? And is it doing a lick of good? Drop us a note, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. BR says, not for the air. By golly, my Teutonic chum, I will make that decision. BR is in Germany and wonders whether he can get a quick pick with me while I am in Deutschland. Wow. Over the Christmas season. You know, we'll see if we can set that up, my friend. Uh, Of course, yeah, why not? Did a meet and greet in Boise once. Fabulous. Met a lot of great folks. Really enjoyable. Uh, I was there to buy a pickup truck. But so you're com- con- considering a meet and greet in Germany? Yeah, sure. Why not? Might be fun. Uh, I will be a couple of schnapses in. Okay, fair warning. I'm on vacation. So I don't know if you watched any football yesterday, but the mighty 49ers of the San Francisco Bay Area laid a whooping on the Philadelphia Beagles in what some are calling the decaying Blue City Bowl. Philadelphia versus San Francisco. Niners Boy, are the best. Niners are the best team in the league. Oh, sh- since I bought my, since I burned my hat anyway. <laughs> yeah, uh, Henry writes. Please don't even let him mention the game or how good they looked or strong they are when healthy. Please don't mention a playoffs or that big event in February. If he jinxes them, I swear to God, I'll buy a monkey for his son. <laughs> Nice. Uh, Tim has written once again, he's written several times, bloodbath in Gaza. You guys are backing the wrong horse. Resign. I'll resign myself to doing this job for years. All right. uh, Let's see. Uh, How much time do we have, Michael? Mm. JT and Livermore uh, writing about uh, Trump's statement that the press are the enemy of the people, commenting on the NPR thing you mentioned last segment. I just don't see an exit from our country's downward spiral unless the news media can be brought more into balance. The news media will never be brought into balance so long as the left, left loves power more than they love the founding principles of this country. Principles like truth, justice, and freedom. They have an unlimited ability to justify their behaviors, the ends justifying the means. Well, that's troubling. We got a lot on the way. If you miss a segment, get the podcast Armstrong and Getty on demand. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Disney announced that they'll be making two more sequels to Frozen. But by the time they come out, the only thing frozen will be Elsa's eggs. (laughs) (laughs) She wants a career. That was my favorite favorite SNL joke. (laughs) Did not see that coming. Although I liked the cigarette having a uh, little uh, guest spot there talking to the people the guy did not see that guy in a cigarette costume he I'm I'm the cigarette he was standing up for good old fashioned cigarettes against vaping <laughs> kids hey i know nbc doesn't want me to tell you this but it makes you cool and skinny <laughs> <laughs> nice nice I saw pictures the other day of people hanging out in the late 60s, and every freaking one of them was dragging on a dart, yeah. pulling on a cancer stick. It was something. Uh, we'll have to get to this later. It got a lot of attention in the media world. Important opinion piece from an important uh, opinion maker in the Washington Post. A Trump dictatorship is increasing in, in, increasingly inevitable. We should stop pretending. It's one of the dumbest articles I've ever read in my life. By a really, really smart guy. Four really smart people. A Trump dictatorship is increasingly likely. And his uh, reasoning. Maybe we'll get to that later. Yeah. Wow. Okay, I'll withhold my comments until we discuss it. Uh, a lot of good stuff to get to today, including uh, the fact that various Iranian proxies are attacking every, anything with an American flag within 500 miles. Uh, so we got to talk about that. And uh, what else? Uh, let's see. That's the same thing. Oh, the uh, the whole EV thing, electronic vehicle thing. I'm aware. I drove one to work. Jeez, don't buy stock in that if you're going to buy stock in anything um, for all sorts of different reasons. The, the policy's confused. They're wonderful, but expensive and mind-blowingly expensive to repair, as I think you've discovered 
at least at times. I don't know if I'd say they're wonderful. Okay. I'd drive one, and I wouldn't say they're wonderful. I was trying to be charitable. Yeah. They're fancy, right? Fun. Fancy and fun. No? Anyway, uh, I want to get to this right now, though. For the longest time, I, Joe, Getty, have been uh, into real estate. It's a hobby of mine. I don't even know why. I've invested in it. I I love tracking trends. Maybe it's because it's comprehensible. Somebody comes to me with, boy, credit default swaps are really hurting bond yields. I'm like, what? Huh? <laughs> Uh, but I get, okay, demand's super high in one area, so building increases, it becomes too expensive, people flow to this area, it's just, it's comprehensible, and I like following it, and I've bought and sold a bunch of houses too, but anyway, uh, the current market we're in, I don't need to tell you, is so blankin' weird. Everybody's stuck in their house because if you have a super low interest rate, you, why would you give it up? Right. Well, I want to live in a bigger, bigger house for quadruple the cost, or I want to live in a smaller house for the same cost. I mean, you can't upsize, you can't downsize. It's just weird. And given the fact that it's a major financial decision and people tend to stay in houses for an extended period anyway, I have no idea when all this shakes out and what yeah. it looks like. And I'm in the odd position having... A divorce in my life that I'm renting and looking to buy a house, but it's not a good time. Yeah, well, the headline of this piece in the Atlantic, which I read over the weekend, is it will never be a good time to buy a house. <laughs> but then the subhead is maybe in 2030. Yeah, well, if that's the case, then people like me, if you want to own a home, although maybe owning a home is not a good idea, rent a home. I don't know. It has its upsides, renting. And downsides, obviously, but uh, let me quote some of this article for you. It's a terrible time to buy a house, but the that down, news... The, down, yes. the downside is only missing out on making more money if it goes up. Other than that, I hadn't rented in a long, long time. There's something really relaxing about nothing being your responsibility. <laughs> right, right. You can't make it your own, true, though. True, you can't true, upgrade true. what needs upgrading, yeah, necessarily. Yeah, that's true. The kids, yeah. have, kids have held off on... Like, you know, making their room their own rooms in the way it would be if we owned the house. That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, terrible time to buy a house. And that news, bad as it is, seems to convey some promise. Someday, things will change, and it will once again be a good moment to buy. You just have to wait. Well, uh, this gal writes, I'm sorry to tell you that the bad news is even worse than it sounds. It's not going to be a good time to buy a house for a really long time. How long? I put that question to a few housing economists and real estate experts. Their response? Who knows? A decade? Maybe in 2030 we'll start to see some relief, said the chief economist of Redfin, the giant real estate website, before noting that 2030 was so far in the future that she could not really make any kind of informed prediction anyway. So the short answer is, uh, when's it going to be a good time to buy a house? And, of course, you know, the caveat to every single real estate discussion is that national trends are hilariously useless. State trends are merely useless. It's all about your local uh, market or where you want to buy. Well, I nearly pulled the trigger on a home that just then decided I just thought it was overpriced. Kids really liked it and everything. It sold finally last weekend for, I won't say how much it went down, but a lot. I mean, like a I'm sick to my stomach maybe the rest of my life lot if I had bought it and had gone down that much in 45 days. Oh, my gosh, really? Yeah. I would huh. just, oh. Well, anyway, what I was starting to say is if you compile all of the experts' um, answers to the question, when will it be a good time again, it was uh, essentially uh, so far in the future, I can't really predict it. I don't know. A long time. 
Huh. So that's probably probably most of y'all listening are um, more in the I'm in my house now, but it's interesting to you because you can't. If it's not a good time to buy a house, it's not a good time to sell a house, I would assume. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Well, it is, though, because prices are so high. But if, um, if you got to go somewhere, I mean. Oh, yeah, yeah. Assuming Unless you have to live somewhere. Well, right, yeah, right. Unless you're going to be a vagabond or move under an underpass and smoke meth, uh, you know. Or it's uh, in the road tent. for you somehow. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, if you got to live somewhere, it's not a good time to sell a house for all the reasons you said. You know, how about we live in half the size house for the same payment every month? Let's do that. Uh, what? So some of the particulars I found interesting. Uh, you had a decade plus of underbuilding after the Great Recession. Remember how, how Wall Street screwed all of us and nobody went to jail and it caused a giant housing collapse? That was funny. Uh, anyway, nobody was building houses for a very long time as the population was growing. Shortage drove up costs for owning and renting alike. Enter the pandemic. When COVID hit, the Federal Reserve pushed interest rates down to scratch, led to a huge surge of home sales with the volume of deals hitting its highest level uh, since uh, the early days. Buyers seemed to take advantage uh, or scrambled to take advantage of low mortgage rates. Uh, enter inflation. Prices for everything went up because of ample demand. Families spending their stimmy checks, stifled supply, all sorts of federal aid, reserve jacked up interest rates to cool down the rate of price growth. And that's how we found ourselves in the state we're in. And nobody knows how it shakes out. What is a family looking to buy a place to do? Buy in cash if you happen to be rich enough to do that. Well, that's a great first sentence. You know what would be handy for you? Go ahead and buy that next house with cash. Oh, why, why didn't I think of that, says no one. No, I know nothing about Manhattan real estate other than it's crazy expensive. Uh, this spring, two out of every three buyers in Manhattan paid cash. So good luck if you're not yeah, rich. When I was looking for uh, houses, uh, that, that it was 40%. Nearly half of all the purchases were cash. Mm -hmm. Buy and refinance when you can, when rates go down again. Right. If rates go down again, if you happen to have the risk tolerance and financial room to do that, buy with as large a down payment as you can muster to cut your mortgage costs or yeah. just rent for the next decade or forever. I like that first tip. Just pay cash for the house. Oh, yeah, I just walk in there with your checkbook hey, open. Hey, I got a great idea. Let's just pay yes. cash for... Oh, yeah! We should have thought of that before on our own. You silly head taking out a mortgage. Hilarious. Yeah, I know. I know. Things are getting weird, and they're getting weird fast. Things are getting weird, wow. and they're getting weird fast. That's uh, uh, that's uh, interesting. So 2030, they said, which is six years away. You know, sometimes I watch the news, and I end up feeling dirty. Then I take a shower, and then I reach for a My Towel, he says. <laughs> uh, good friends at My Pillow want you to know they've got a fabulous deal on their My Towels. They actually work. They're soft. They're absorbent. They are attractive. Ain't no way I'm going to dry myself off with any towel that's not made with 100% long staple Sherpa cotton, I'll tell you that. And it better be comb ring spun cotton, because that's what makes towels absorbent and soft, and that's what's going on with these My Pillow towels. I'd rather be moist all day than use 50% right. long staple Sherper cotton. Please, it's a bastard cotton. <laughs> now you can get a six-piece set for an amazing introductory sales price as low as $29.98. That's the, for the six-piece set with the promo code Getty. You can get the designer premium line for just $20 more right after you bought your house in cash. Although, come on, $49.98 for a six-pack of designer premium towels? That's a good deal. Whichever you choose, 50% savings. These towels actually work. What a concept. To find 
this offer, just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener special square to check out the new My Towel six-piece towel sets and get 50% off. Remember, enter that promo code Getty at MyPillow.com. Look for that radio listener special click. We got Katie's headlines coming up. Uh, we, we brought the show broadcasts from the home base is uh, Northern California. And so we went to get our Christmas tree yesterday at the Christmas tree farm. And I like everybody. <laughs> it's just silly, really. We all wear our chopping down Christmas tree clothes. Everybody's, of course. everybody's wearing boots and flannel shirts, and everything like that. And because it's wintertime and little kids are wearing rubber boots and everything like that. It was like 72 degrees. And very <laughs> shortly, everybody ended up in the same position where you got your hat and your jacket off and everything like that. And you're just in a T-shirt because it's so freaking hot and you're trying to saw what? down a tree. Everybody's sweating. <laughs> you know, we got to get going. The new hot workout is the sawing workout. Oh. How flipping tiring is that? Yeah, that's right up there with digging a hole that is uh, not... Uh, doesn't get the proper uh, tip of the cap that it deserves for how hot. Let's yeah. chop down a tree. Let's dig a hole. Those are two things that are very, very difficult to do. Every time I see somebody burying a body on some movie drama or a TV drama or something like that, I'm like, that would take 11 hours, what you just did. But you It's know, not easy. Northern California tends to be a more fashion-forward sort of area, too, so that probably had something to do with it. But it's just funny how everybody dressed for... The experience, like you're in a TV movie of cutting down a tree, <laughs> even though it was a hot day. <laughs> and I mean, there right. were a few people, well, just two. I saw one couple where it was a dude in like flip-flops and shorts and a tank top. And his girlfriend was wearing the midriff bearing thing and shorts. And they're dressed appropriately. They look ridiculous out here in the forest like that, but they're dressed more appropriately. They're not. They're not as hot as the rest of us. Your flannel shirt and your beanie and your <laughs> right. jeans and boots. They aren't serving hot cider. <laughs> Cup of hot cider. You got any iced tea? <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I said to the girl when I uh, when I was leaving, I said, how many dads had a heart attack today? And she said, I don't know. I'll take this up to the uh, register to pay for the tree. Oh. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> my son, particularly, he's a uh, he's a flat teenager himself. Enjoys my efforts at witticisms with people in his age group, and how they just have no time for it whatsoever. Homeowners trying not to become their parents. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Uh, we've got Katie's headlines on the way. We'll find out what's going on in the world. doesn't apply to gang rapes of Jewish women, apparently. Uh, at least to some Congress people on the Sunday talk shows yesterday. We'll get to that in hour two. Yeah, pretty grim. Pretty I'd grim. I'd say, and, and, and man, these are weird times. I'd say, but again, all these uh, smaller issues, I hate to call them smaller, but they're pointing to a much bigger issue, and that is the great divide between those who value Western civilization and seek to improve it and those who think it needs to be burned down in some, in the name of some sort of idiotic, unicornian, Marxist paradise, God help us. Anyway, uh, all of that to come. Uh, first, let's figure out who's reporting what, for goodness sakes. It's the lead story with Katie Green. From the New York Times, Israeli military's focus on southern Gaza could signal an expanded war. The number of bombs they're dropping, or missiles, or whatever, whatever you want to call them. Really quite extraordinary. Of course, the number of rockets being fired at them from uh, Gaza is is continuing to be extraordinary also. 
Yeah, I would quibble with that headline. I don't think it's an expanded war. I just think it's a continued war. Yeah. From USA Today. Pentagon uncertain U.S. warship was targeted in Red Sea attack. More of that whole game of, uh, it's no big deal. It's all right. We're, we're fine. We don't want to make a big deal. Trying to minimize the, uh, you know, the attacks by Iran and its proxies over and over again. It's an interesting strategy. So I saw one headline really early today saying we had killed four Iranian proxies, but I haven't seen that headline repeated. Has that been not confirmed? Do you know? You haven't come I'm not familiar that? with it. Okay. No. Maybe that hasn't been confirmed. So maybe we've still killed no one as they try to kill us on a daily basis. From the Washington Post, White House warns Congress of urgent need for Ukraine funding. I was just reading about that. Ukraine um, about to run out of money from the United States, which is what's keeping this their ability to fight going. And uh, that hasn't been worked out yet. And might not it's, get. There's a possibility it actually doesn't get worked out. It's worth mentioning, uh, given that uh, you know Europe needs to step up is a frequent talking point of the isolationist right. And yeah, that's oversimplified. I get it, but um, but Europe's stepping up like crazy. They are now given way more, you know, per capita per defense ah. dollar than the U.S. It's like uh, not uh, supporting your ne'er-do-well kid. Maybe they decide to uh, you know get their act together. Well, that's been true for some time. I'm not sure I'd phrase it like that. But uh, the point is, Europe thinks it's extremely important to keep uh, Ukraine on the battlefield. They should. Which I think is interesting. From the Wall Street Journal, one Supreme Court case could mess up chunks of the tax code. Uh-oh, which one is that? What is it about? Apparently, the justices are going to be de- debating the meeting of income under the 16th Amendment at a hearing tomorrow. Yeah, it has to do with whether there are a couple of laws and a couple of uh, periods of time in recent memory where people got taxed, companies got taxed for unrealized profits in foreign lands. They hadn't gotten it in their checking account yet. The profit was sitting there. Um, So they've got to figure out when is income income. What would that affect me, like just a regular person? Hmm. Unlikely. I have no unrealized income in foreign lands. Um, uh, the other, the thing we got to talk about at some point is the change in the percentage you get docked if you come up short on your prepayments, which will affect a ton of, a whole bunch of people across the country. The Wall Street Journal screaming, hey, do you know this is happening over the weekend? And uh, yeah, we'll have to talk about that next hour. From the Washington Times. Market for juvenile organs. Migrants on way to U.S. face danger of organ trafficking. Yeah, I was just reading that. Holy cow. So not only are the women regularly raped, uh, but they might take a healthy young uh, person, disappear them, and steal their organs to sell. It's happening. Wow. Yeah. From MSNBC. DeSantis's punch-drunk campaign on full display during debate with Newsom. That's just idiotic. They're saying he got clobbered by Newsom. Yeah. Well, that's right up there with, uh, yeah, Hamas doesn't use human targets from, you know, those folks. Just utter denial of reality. From the New York Post, Travis Kelsey and Chiefs embarrassed by Packers as they suffer first loss with Taylor Swift in the building. Uh-oh. Oh, wow, that does break a string, leading to a question about the Chiefs' entire Taylor Swift strategy. <laughs> Andy Reid needs to answer some questions. And finally, the Babylon Bee. Weird. 
Man becomes more conservative as he regains brain function. <laughs> you know, uh, I have a lot of Chiefs fans. I have I have a number of friends who go to Chiefs games regularly, season ticket holders, that sort of thing. They're already, like, not super cool. The people I know uh, aren't super cool with the whole Taylor Swift phenomena. And as the Chiefs, you know, settle into, like, not mediocre, but not juggernaut, which they've been for the past five years, there's yeah. going to be a lot of, you know, you got to blame something. There's going to be a lot of blame on the Taylor Swift thing. They're really, I just think it's coming. She's a witch. There won't be a backlash America-wide, but Chiefs fan-wide, there would there definitely would be a backlash against the whole Taylor Swift-Travis Kelsey romance. Which could get really uncomfortable, given the fact that Travis Kelsey is openly just, I'm a Kansas City Chief, I'm staying here, I don't care if it hurts my negotiation, I could these s- are my people, I love this city. But I could see her being put on the Jumbotron at Arrowhead and a chorus of boos at some point. Oh, that would be hurtful. Wouldn't it? That'd be new for her. That would be heartbreaking. (laughs) (laughs) America's princess being booed. How would we react? Uh, Teased a whole bunch of stuff coming up for hour two. I hope you can catch it. If you don't, get the podcast Armstrong and Getty on demand. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.